0: Matt Terrio has been helping real estate investors do just that for more than a decade now. If you want to make money in real estate, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit reiace.com. Here's Matt. Okay, welcome to the Epic Real Estate Investing Show. I got a really great guest that has come back to join us. And I just I keep inviting him back because I just feel so good after we talk. And uh, um, I wanted to talk to him today. So uh, before we start, though, A new sponsor of the show, newprivatemoney.com. So if uh, you're struggling with finding private money or it's just been a big mystery, like how do you find this private money? Or maybe your credit score has been holding you back and you're sick and tired of of begging your friends and family to fund your deals. This is the solution, newprivatemoney.com. So here's how it works. It's really simple. You just fill out a form and then lenders will compete to fund your real estate investments. Um, little do you know, well, I guess you would know if you listened to the show a lot, there are a lot of people and companies that want to give you the money that you need to purchase investment real estate. I've been telling you the money part is the easiest part of the entire equation. Believe it or not, they need you more than you need them. So go check out newprivatemoney.com and, uh, you'll, you'll get, uh, responses from private lenders. Uh, family offices, crowdfunding platforms, hard money companies, huge hedge funds, and, and investors in your local area. And uh, they will start allowing you and actually pitching you to use their private money. So, giving you the opportunity to actually get rich, finally, using other people's money. But we all know.
1: That- I got to say, dude, the timing of that sponsor, uh, you and know, you know, I never talked about the sponsor, is freaking amazing. Because the opportunities that we're going to see in the next. Six, twelve, eight months in the real estate space are mind boggling it, it, and, and i 'll tell you right now the hardest part for those with money is deploying the money, putting it in front of the opportunities, and that 's where all of us come into play. all we got to do is put the opportunity in front of the right people, and that money will step forward for it that 's a smart sponsor mm-hmm. it 's coming to you right now with the base that you have and knowing that you know a lot a lot of your listeners right now are are in need of financing. Mm-hmm. Because the opportunity, just believe,
0: trust me on this one, man. They're coming <laughs> away in masses right now. It's kind of nuts. Got it. Well, that's why I, this is why I had this, this guest on because he, uh, he's just always right on point. So thanks, Patrick. Let me pay a couple more bills and we'll get to you, okay? <laughs> but nicely done. So that's at newprivatemoney.com. And then, uh, But we all know for you to access private money, be able to use it, you got to be able to find the deal first. And I just started working with this new service. Very cool. Uh, It's designed, it's a direct mail company. It's a mix of direct mail, text and emails designed just for people with small direct mail marketing budgets. And they set up these auto campaigns for you. You just set it and forget it. And it just happens. And you build a relationship through direct mail. Not to mention they have probably the cheapest skip tracing fees that I've ever seen. I think they've got it all the way down to $0.07 a lead. And I think uh, kind of just six months ago, everyone was charging $0.30. or so are all, all the way down to $0.07. So it's a good mix. In fact, it's called MailMix.io. It's uh, direct mail, text, and email sent automatically over time to help you get deals, to make your phone ring. So go check them out, MailMix.io. All righty. You already heard a little bit from him. He's raring to go. And uh, because his goal is to help you discover, design and implement a path to true wealth and abundance by identifying your passions and exposing and conquering your fears, clearing the wealth blockers in life that prevent you from achieving your true potential and igniting that burning fire inside to become the leader and entrepreneurial powerhouse. You were designed to be the entrepreneurial powerhouse that God wants you to be. So, please help me welcome back to the show, Mr. Patrick Precourt. Patrick, welcome (laughs) back to Epic Real Estate Investing.
1: Yeah, ready to rock and roll, man. Excited to be here. Ready to go.
0: So, that's uh, two guests in a row that have applauded themselves coming on. So, this is good. We're on a roll. So, anyway, Pat, welcome back, bud. What's up, man? What's up, man? (laughs) Um, Just rolling
1: around. It's kind of funny. I don't know how long it's been since uh, we did this. Maybe maybe a year or something. Yeah, eight, nine months probably. Yep. Yeah, and at that time there's such a there's all this discussion around uh, recession, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you and I had to talk about that. Right? And I said, dude, trust me on this one, man. We're not near recession yet. And and if you want to debate that, let's debate this. But here are the markers we talked about. Some key indicators. We said, no, we ain't there yet. You know, we're coming into an unprecedented time. I know those who do track this stuff are aware of this, you know, we've never had a recovery like we're in right now. And we've never had a geopolitical influence like we have right now. Um, I just got this out of the, the uh, New Home Builders Association that 2020 through 2022 are, are expected to be the, um, the largest boom in new, new construction ever, mm. ever. And now these are coming from you know, relatively conservative viewpoints because, you know, they, they really got to be, they're, they're, they're in a speculative space more than they are in the investment space. You know, when they buy a piece of property today, that, that doesn't pay out for another 18, 24 months because they build out in advance, right? Right. Um, so that's just another uh, a ver- validation that the opportunities are still to be had. Yeah. Now, one other thing, and I don't want to make this whole discussion about the threat of a, a recession. There's two key points about this recession when it comes. Number one, recessions aren't bad we have this negative effect around this negative thought period around a recession recessions aren't bad they're a cleansing process it's kind of like the ocean man when a tide comes in it's got to go out in order to come back in it ain't bad right we just think it's bad because many of us yours you included um lived through the last one we we're in the real estate space during the last one and the yep. last one was deep yep. right but Anyone and everyone who's in the space of trying to forecast economies and recessions and where we're going, all are, are congruent in the thought that we will be in a recession like we should, and it will be short and not that deep, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going back on record right now saying, dude, we're probably still 18 months out, at least maybe 24 months out until we're going to experience it. And the experience is going to create more opportunities than we even have now. Mm-hmm. So it's not a bad thing. Stay no. tuned for more talk on you'll well. And you and I will do this again, maybe a year yes. from now, six
0: months from now. Talk about those opportunities, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I couldn't agree more. And I did not know this about the new construction, uh, coming the biggest came out today. Yeah. Oh, well, that's why I didn't know to, about it, <laughs> but that's isn't thinking Cause I, it could have happened last week or last month. I might not know about it. Um, but I think that's, I've kept it really simple with my whole forward thinking view on real estate is that each generation is just a little bit bigger than the previous. You know, ebbs and flows and dips here and there. And uh, those people, they need places to live. They need shelter. And so when the demand is growing and the supply is fixed, that's a a good economy that you want to be in as far as the the supply side goes. So amen to that. Uh, Patrick. Sir, You know, I was doing a little research on the podcast uh, uh, earlier. I was trying to see what what types of topics and subjects were really resonating with the audience. And really the only indicator I have or the only tool I have to to measure that with is to go and look at the downloads. And so I went back for about 12 months of of, uh, episodes and I just kind of zeroed in on the actual total download numbers. And then I tried to see if I could find a commonality between those subjects. And ironically... I don't know if that's irony. Maybe it's not irony, but what I did notice is that any title that had the word either passive income or financial freedom or something along those lines were the most downloaded episodes. Interesting. Yeah, and so I think that's an indicator. As you know, we're all attracted to things that we don't have. We all admire people that have qualities that we don't possess. Right, and. When I see that, it, it leads me to believe that there's a lot of people out there that want it because they don't have it, right? And, you know, that's probably not the biggest epiphany that I, I could have ever come up with, but it is pretty telling. And it's something that people want so badly to the point that they just don't have it. So I know you interact with a, a lot of your, your private clients and you've coached people to great success and great wealth. And uh, I don't know, let's talk about why so many people don't have it, yet they want it so badly.
1: Let me ask you a question. We'll start this mm-hmm. conversation here. So just to put context to our listeners, right? Sure. Um, so I'm also in the gym business. We own a I uh, I call it a lifestyle fitness center that has the heart and culture of our martial arts. So I, I use our gym, 650 members or so, as a human laboratory um, for, um, for performance, Right. Mm-hmm. For behavior and, and then behavior into peak performance, maximizing what we're capable of. So here's here's a typical scenario. And, and I'm, I'm sure you can relate to this. Right. Um, guy shows up at our gym. He's 45 years old, mm-hmm. out of shape, hasn't trained, worked out since forever. Says, man, I want to lose 30 pounds. Right? Fantastic. That's awesome. And I got good news for you because we're in expensive gyms. You don't need me. I'm going to tell you what, you sit down at our computer right there, spend 10 minutes Googling, put in that you're 45 years old, that you weigh 270 pounds, you want to lose 30 pounds over the next, give yourself six months. Six months is easy enough to lose 30 pounds, right? Yep. And, and just ask Google what you have to do for a workout and what you're going to eat, and they'll give you everything you need. Boom. And it won't be it won't be just garbage. It'll be usable information that you can apply today. Right. I'm like, you don't need me to tell you what to do or how to do it. So why are you here? Mm-hmm. And this is such a fundamental question. Whenever we're trying to get something that we don't have is answering that question, not what to do and how to do it. That's never, ever, ever. the part of the equation that's missing because it's too readily available in today's technology world. The bigger question starts with the why and the why leads to meaning. Okay. There's a why in, in, you know, you've been asked this question, and you've asked others this question. You know, what's your why? And it's a it's a fair enough question, but we don't go deep enough in the answer. Where's it? Oh, my why? My why is my wife, my husband, my you know, my kids, so forth and so on. But it doesn't trigger an emotional connection to meaning yet, right? Right. So, as we start this conversation, let's embrace the idea that whatever it is. You want, I want, our listeners want here. They want financial independence, right? Um, They want passive income. Um, The solution is not in the how to do it and what to do it. And that's where I kind of want to take this
0: conversation if that's sure, No, I I 100% agree with you. I mean, if someone has a full calendar and not a room for a darn thing, Mm But they bump into a special someone and they acknowledge and their invitation is accepted to go out on a date. Right? So they know they got a hot date five days from now. They will move mountains. They will, get, they will go get their hair cut. They might go buy a new outfit. They'll, they'll go and um, they'll make reservations and they'll make all of this stuff because that's really important to them at that moment. Because like you just said, that there's an emotional attachment to that significant enough to where Meaning. nothing else matters. Meaning. Meaning. Yep. Meaning. That's the part that matters. I use oh, this example um, all the time because
1: it's just easy for, especially for parents, to relate to. I said, you know, Matt, if you're walking down the street, you and I are walking down the street, and we came upon this house. It's it's on fire. It's blazing. Flames coming out of the roof. And I said, dude, um, I left a package on the counter in the kitchen. Can you go in and get that for me? You'd be like, I love you, brother, but no. <laughs> I'm like, Man, I give you hundred bucks. You'd be like, no. I'll give you a thousand bucks? No. There's nothing thing i could give you to go in there and get that package right but if the package changed and it was your child to matt man the only way your child's getting out of it you get in there now before i even finished you'd be through that door right saving your child you couldn't pay me enough to not do it right the circumstance didn't change the only thing that changed was the meaning behind the doing of the hard work so to speak right and I know that's an extreme, unrealistic scenario. But if we take that back into everyday life and we look at the things we want to do, we know that are good for us. We even know how to do them. We still don't do them. We can boil it back to there's not enough meaning to do it. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's part of this whole discussion here. Part of what it takes to deserve in our lives what it is we don't have. I'm going to say something really bold, right? Yep. And not everybody's going to agree with it. And that's cool. We're not all made to agree, right? But I'm going to tell you, And there's no different for me that we all have in our lives everything to the exact degree that we deserve it.
0: Mm.
1: We all have in our lives everything at this exact moment that we deserve. And this I'm talking about you have the body you deserve. You have the bank account you deserve. You have the relationships that you deserve. You have the amount of fun and excitement in your life that you deserve. Your schedule is exactly what you deserve. Right. Define the word uh, deserve in this context. Deserve simply means that everything we have is a function of what we've done, decisions we've made in the past. Right. We create our reality. Now you may say, but so, no, stop, just stop. The second we say this out here caused this, we give up control. We become the victim. And in doing so, we be we, we are subject to someone else deciding our outcomes. And this is a decision we gotta make, man. Do we wanna play the victim role? Or do we want to appreciate that everything that happens to us and for us and sometimes against us is a function of a decision we made leading up to it. You may not have chosen this, you know, getting robbed, right? Um, at ten thirty at night on the street, but you chose earlier to be there. Right. That decision altered this outcome. So if we take hold of the fact that all of our decisions matter, and they do, they all matter, they all every decision has a consequence. It has a ripple effect. We can appreciate that. We can start to embrace the idea that yep, the universe gives us exactly what we deserve. And quite honestly, the, the, the universe is ruthlessly abundant and ruthlessly generous. Yep. Think about that for a sec. And sometimes I say it's unfairly fair. <laughs> unfairly well well, that's the accountability part because when right. we, you know, feel, think, and act in a certain way that's not congruent with what we really say we want, the universe is going by the signals that we're putting out, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We think and feel and act in a way that's that that uh, as contrary to what we say we want, well, they're gonna give us the what we're really pushing towards, which is not what we're saying, you know? Right. So you know that and that's why when we talk about affirmations and make no mistake, affirmations play a role in our in, in our world, right? Because it helps the to of the thought part of it, the mental part of it, gets our brain to, to be working in the right direction. But when the way we think is at odds with the way we feel, mm-hmm. it's a positive and a negative, the negative always comes out on top. Mm-hmm. So you think. You are the right person to have this, but you don't feel it, you don't believe it. Guess what? That will come out supreme. And your actions will be a function of that.
0: Right. That all kind of makes sense. A hundred percent. So first reason you're not financially free yet is you don't feel you deserve it. Well, we don't deserve
1: it. I don't care. Don't deserve it. Yeah, I don't care if you feel it or not. Just flat out. If, if financial freedom is the thing, right, that, that we're striving for and we are not financial free simply because we don't deserve it at this point in time. What we've done up till now are decisions that have led to our actions, that have led to the way we experience life, are not congruent with being financially free. Mm-hmm. Whether it be our spending or a lack of savings or our poor investment choices or our, our unwillingness to do the hard work, even though we're not passionate about it where they like, go, oh, no, we're not passionate about not doing that. Well, that's kind of bullshit because you're passionate about financial freedom. This is a, a rung to get there, right? Mm-hmm. Stop stepping over dollars to get to the dimes here. Do the mm-hmm. hard work. And if we're unwilling to do that now, yeah, we haven't deserved the right to be financially free. We have deserved the right to have enough passive income, but we don't have to work um doing stuff we don't want to do. Right. I had an interesting discussion with my son when we're driving out to Breckenridge, Colorado, uh, about this exact topic about um, dad, everybody all you know, all the gurus, right? Mm -hmm. They only do what you love and love what you do. And I'm saying that's the most asinine thing I've ever heard in my life. Right? You should be aimed, you should have a lighthouse. That guides you every day towards doing what you want to do, what you love in life, right? But you're going to have to do a lot of stuff that you do not like along the way in order to get to that thing you love. But here's the magic in it, Matt. If we can appreciate that, whatever this day job I'm doing, say you're still working a nine to five job, but you want the, the life of an entrepreneur, you want the life of a real estate investor, you want the, the passive income from this down road so you can be financially free, don't hate on the job that you work every day, even though you don't like it, respect and appreciate it because it is a stepping, it's allowing you to pay your bills as you do your side hustle at night, as you find your first deal so that eventually you can get the hell out of it and get what you want. And if that job wasn't there, you'd be dead in the water. And once you can appreciate it for the the piece of the puzzle that it plays, you can show up at work with absolute gratefulness Mm -hmm. for it. And guess what? The job starts to change at that moment, anyways. Still don't have to love the work, but when you're grateful for the work, right, it changes everything around the work. That kind of makes sense. A hundred percent. An amazing transformation that's made. But when we show up, you know, kind of like, oh, I have to go to work in that mindset. Yeah, it's going to suck, and you're going to find things that suck about it when you show up. But I get to go to work, even though I don't like the work. that's That's irrelevant. I get to go to work, which means I get to continue on my path, working
0: towards the financial freedom dream that I have. Mm-hmm. That word get is a really powerful one to interchange with the word have, right? Big time. Yeah. I frequently catch myself. I got to stop myself because I'll think, oh my God, I have to pay payroll this week. You know what I mean? No, yeah. I get to pay payroll this week and look at all the, the lives of my employees and my team that I get to uh, support. And that's a real privilege. The other word that you had said that, I, that stood out to me was when you brought in the word victim. And uh, I, um, I was an avid listener for about four or five years of Adam Carolla's podcast. And uh, it was just kind of my escape from, from thinking about anything work. And I could just kind of focus on entertainment. And, but he always had, had this one thing. And he'd say it, I don't know, once a month, twice a month maybe, that he's never seen a wealthy victim. Right. And he talked about what you said about about control and internalization. So, um, let's talk about how we take control and and not be a victim. Yeah. So
1: let me let me take a one little step back here. Right? Sure. So, and I now to be fair to the conversation, right? There's two different definitions of victim. There's the victim um, that was raped, right? right. We're not talking about that kind of victim. We're talking about a a victim as a state, a mentality. Victim believes the world happens to them, okay? When in fact, we happen to the world. We radiate an energy all the time. We are the catalyst for change around us. Mm -hmm. And when we walk around in that state of mind, right, well, that becomes our truth and our reality versus the one that says, well, I'm just going to sit here like a leaf on a pond and wait to get pushed around by the tides and waves and wind." And if that's our belief, that too is our reality. So let's just be crystal clear there. That's the victim we're talking about, right? And -hmm. a victim mentality means we are not in power. We are not in control. We are subject to the circumstances in which we live. And now, even in a, when when you're in a state, uh, uh, you're not a victim, you're in control. There are still circumstances that are outside of our control, but we are in control of the influence of those circumstances on us. We can decide how the uncontrollables affect us. Therefore, we are still in control of our ultimate outcome, how we experience life on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. right? So that's, it's easy to get caught up. Well, I couldn't change the weather, and therefore, I was late for work. It snowed, Right. Mm-hmm. Right, you couldn't change the weather, but you could have prepared for it, or you could have had the right vehicle to drive in the snow, or quite honestly, if it meant enough, you could have left a couple hours early and been the first one at work that day. There's a million ways you could have changed the influence of the of the bad weather on you, whether or not you showed up at work. Mm-hmm. That that's a non-victim approach too. The victim is well, not my fault. Snowed, car accident, traffic. I'm late. Sorry. Blame blame the weather. Right. You see the difference there. A hundred percent. People are. They either walk around as a victim, as an effect of this, or they don't, meaning they're the creator of this, right? What I'm talking about specifically is the mindset that goes behind being a victim, that everything happens to you, that you have good luck and bad luck and all of this other kind of made up terms that, that somehow um, are things that not, were not of your doing. They happened to you. That to me is a victim, right? Right. Now let's go one layer deeper because this is the part that gets a little challenging for us. And this, and I, this has nothing, this part has nothing to do with how you know, successful or not successful you are. This is relevant to how in control you are of your life, right? Because the discussion, a lot of this is around how, how do we close the gap between wherever we are here and, financial independence, right? Mm -hmm. And I like to start that discussion always with, well, let's appreciate that we are right now exactly where we belong because everything we've done up till now has put us here, perfect. And it doesn't matter on the spectrum where that is. It only matters that we embrace that because that puts us in control, right? And the second we say, no, not my fault. We give up control because it didn't, if we didn't cause it to happen to us, then how the hell are we going to change it, right? But if we appreciate that it's all of our collective decisions leading up till now. I mean, if everybody listening were to look at their body, their body would be a direct reflection of their activity decisions and their eating habits. That's it. They have the body they deserve, mm-hmm. right? If you want six-pack abs and you don't have them, you don't deserve them now. does not mean you're not worthy of them sometime in the future. So it's not... You know, misinterpret that that foundational position. Okay. Now, so we start with the deserving part. and We got to say, well, what's next? Now, if I said Matt, it's, and you could do this for any one of your clients, is it Matt? Take their get a financial snapshot of where they're at, mm-hmm. get an outcome of where they want to be. You know, income outcome, all that kind of stuff, and create a map of what to do and how to do to get them there in the next five years. There's very few people listening that you could not create a definitive path to financial freedom in five years. I know that to be true, right? Because of what you know and and what can be done in the space of real estate. It's not that hard, right? Mm -hmm. If that's true, why do so few people achieve it? Why do so few people even do the work to get there? And that's the part I want to take on next, right? Mm -hmm. You understand why we're not there yet? Well, we just haven't made the right decisions yet. We haven't taken the right actions yet. Mm -hmm. I'll go back to the gym analogy here for a second. That same guy who came into my gym, wants to lose 30 pounds. I already told him, you don't need me. I can show you where to get all the information of what to do and how to do it. In six months, six months is not a long time, right? I'm going to have to do it in six weeks. Shit, you spent 40 years getting fat. Give me six months to lose 30 pounds. Fair enough, right? question I always ask them, "Said, so why are you really here? You know it's good for you, you know you want it, you know exactly what to do, you know your wife is gonna be super, super proud of you and excited to have you 30 pounds lighter, why haven't you done it? It ain't that hard, right? And that's the question we all have to ask ourselves, not what to do and how to do, and I'm not smart enough to get off of that bandwagon because it, it doesn't get you to the right answer. Mm-hmm. We really want this thing we've never had, right? We've got to get to this bottom line. And Let me pause that thought for a, qu- for a second mm-hmm. and inject this, right? In order to have something we've never had, we've got to do something we've never done. We've got to embrace that, right? In order to have something we've never had, we've got to do something we've never done. And in order to do something we've never done, we've got to first become someone we've never been. hmm and this is starting to answer this question for us, right? We always look at the goal, Matt. We look at, ah, that goal looks so good. It's exciting. We got all hyped up New Year's resolutions. We focus on the gain of pleasure. But as soon as the excitement and motivation wears off, and that's just a short-term little burst, right? We mm-hmm. quickly focus on the hard work, neither of which really move us along. When in fact, what we should be focusing on in order to have this thing, our focus should not be on the have. And it shouldn't even be on the do, it should be on the who do I have to become in order to do the hard work, the what and the how, in order to deserve what I wanna deserve. Right. Right. We try to skip these two foundational pieces first. So the question we've got to ask ourselves every single morning, once we've laid out the outcome, the goal, and we've decided, we put together the strategy that you could draw up for them in a heartbeat, right? We know what to do. We know how to do it. We know the outcome. The question we got to ask ourselves, who do I got to become in order to do this, in order to have this, right? That's where this whole thing begins. And the problem is we don't, we're not taught to operate that way. Cover. Let's just set a goal and create a business plan and, and get all this stuff and then study and learn and learn and study and study and learn and just go. Well, that's not the hard part and it's not that easy, right? We've got to go to one layer deeper. And then that brings us back to why don't we do it? I'm going to try to answer this part the best I can, right? right. We are creatures of habit because our brain cannot make all the decisions that got to be made every day. It's just not, we don't have enough RAM to make all those decisions. So about 95% of all the decisions we make every day, autopilot, subconscious, right, memory, same as yesterday. And that's why the familiar past becomes a predictable future. Now, one day you wake up, Hey, man, I want the predictable future to be different. Well, you can't have a different future from the same past. It doesn't work that way. And the past, and of course, and this is where we get into some really weird semantic games, right? I could tell you that, Matt, you know, the future really, in, in a world of like quantum science, doesn't even exist. It can't be identified, it can't be proven. There's no way to measure it. There's no way to define it. And if you can't do any of those things, it doesn't exist in the real world, the only time that exists. Right here? Now,.. Yep. right? So taking that in consideration means that, well, that means our familiar past our, 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 becomes our predictable present. In our past determines what we do every day. And that is 100% true up and until we do something really, really major to disrupt it. Now, let's talk about habits for a second. Habits are memories. Memories are memorized in the form of emotions. Emotions communicate with the physical body through chemicals. Emotions trigger a chemical production. So every memory has a chemical map to it, and this is why, go to the extreme, you know, people who have had traumatic experiences in the past can get triggered and it go immediately into that emotional state because the same chemicals are produced in our body, so they're responding the same way, right? And here's the, the weird part, man: body doesn't know the difference between the first experience or the reliving of the experience, right? So here we are, man. All we're doing is repeating the past. Let me ask you a series of questions here. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the way you feel affects the way you think? Oh, absolutely. And do you believe that the way you think affects your decision-making? 100%. And do you believe that the way that your decision-making is responsible for your actions totally and your actions for your results yep good so you agree there's a direct connection now stay with me on this guys because this is the thing (laughs) direct connection between the way you feel and the way you experience life the results that you get because you just said your, your, the way you feel affects the way you think. The way you think affects your decision-making, your decision-making, your action-taking, your action-taking, your results. Now, the way we feel is directly responsible for the, the way we experience life, the results we get. And if that's true, right? And the way we feel is nothing more than a memory of the past, 95% of it, through habit, right? means that we're going to be stuck in the past forever. We've got a problem. Now, let me inject something here. And this is the beginning of all change. Okay? Mm-hmm. You have a dog? I don't, not right now. You have a cat, guinea pig, anything? No, no. animals, no. All right, well, the dog that you don't have? I've had dogs. The dog you had? Mm-hmm. Your dog can only respond to its emotional inputs from the outside. It can't strategize, it can't plan, it can't delay, it can't rethink doesn't work that way it's just very responsive okay emotion thinking decision action result that's just how it happens automatic bam right very responsive that's why they're so trainable it's beautiful we are unique when i say we humans are unique in the fact that we're the only mammal that can interrupt that process matt when you're triggered in an emotion and our emotions get triggered all the time and it triggers a bad thought and you know that bad thought's going to lead to a Bad outcome, if you follow through on it, you can stop, pause, think about what you're thinking about, focus on the outcome that you want, inject a new thought, which triggers a new emotion, which refers back to another thought, decision, action, desired result, and outcome. Let me say it one more time, okay? Mm-hmm. You have an emotion that kicks into a pattern of the past that did not get you the results you want. You want a new result. This could be waking up at 5.30 in the morning. You want to start going out to the gym. Alarm goes off. The immediate emotion is, it's cold outside. I want to get up. I'm tired. My bed is so cozy. You're about to hit snooze. You say, stop. Mm -hmm. Think about what you're thinking about. Let's put a new thought in place. New thought is, if I don't do this today, I won't do this tomorrow. I'm giving up. I never have a healthy body. That triggers a new emotion. Emotion is, whoa, I don't want to give up. I'm not that kind of guy. That triggers a new thought. I'm the different kind of guy that gets up and does what he says. That triggers a new decision to get the hell out of bed. A new action, you get up, new result, you show up at the gym. You started a new pattern. And everything you do today gets easier to do tomorrow. Works both ways. When you avoid something today, it gets easier to avoid it tomorrow. When you do the hard work today, it gets easier to do it tomorrow and starts the process, right? So the, the takeaway here is we are driven by emotion. We're very, very emotional mammals, right? Mm-hmm. But we have this unique, magnificent gift to be able to stop our emotions and not let our emotions dictate how we live our lives. If we could only control the gap between the way we feel and what we do and not let the way we feel affect what we do, we would win all these games of goal achievement. This is the one thing that separates us and the outcome provided it's a goal that we want, right?
0: Mm -hmm. Does this all make sense? Is this kind of going crazy on you? No, no, I, I totally get it. Let's narrow it in now to based off of all of this insight and the distinctions here. What let's make it actionable. Good. What are three actions someone can take to now start moving towards their financial freedom? It's just maybe three or maybe a couple more, but there's yeah. a yeah. Three always sounds good. Right, yeah. that four. Of this- one,
1: what is the desired outcome? And this is not make money. This is what the money does for you as an example, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want, I want to be free to blah, 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 blah. What is the desired outcome? Right. In, in, in the weight world, the desired outcome would be, I want to freaking uh, I want to be as healthy as I was in my 20s. All right, good. That's a desired outcome, right? Mm-hmm. Get, get clear on that. Then ask yourself, crystal clear, man. Once you go through the easy part, the what and how to do that, ask yourself, who do I got to become? Who do I got to, how do I got to show up every day? And this I'd like to break down into like creating three definitive words that have become morning triggers for you. I got to be disciplined. I got to be focused. I got to be committed. Whatever they are that, that serve you, and really what they're doing is you're highlighting the, the, the weaknesses in your game, right? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, yeah, they, they just lack discipline. They're too freaking soft. And I'm not saying it in, in a negative way. It's just true that they, we're always looking for the easy way out, right? Discipline is doing what you have to do when you have to do it, even though you don't want to. Discipline does not equal freedom. Discipline is the opposite of freedom, but it's a path to Freedom. Discipline creates habits. Doing the hard work too becomes a habit. And it's a habit that is our path to freedom. Does that kind of make sense? Discipline's the opposite. We're doing, this one is doing what you have to do when you have to do it, even though you don't want to. It's the exact opposite definition, right? Mm -hmm. So we ask that question Who do I have to become? Pin that up here. Every morning, every single morning, record. How did I do in this department yesterday? And remind yourself you got to be there today next one okay is that a little emotional connection we talked about right is because this falls in under the topic of emotional intelligence eq right which is the one thing that's left out of all of our school systems from kindergarten on up this is how they control us without getting way off on that there's a very real reason why they do not want an an emotionally intelligent Population because they would not be able to control us with emotion. Did you know if you look up the Fortune, top Fortune 500 companies, something like 90% of the CEOs rank extremely high in EQ, emotional intelligence, and average in IQ. Yet we're taught just the opposite. Like it's all about IQ, it's all the, about the rate at which you learn. No, the what and the how is not the problem. It's our ability to control the the, the the gap between how we feel and what we actually do so understanding that and make and becoming aware of your emotions and being able to pause right that road rage thing that you excuse off as oh i'm just just road rage no that's bullshit you're addicted to feeling bad that adrenaline rush but it's going to get you in trouble right mm-hmm. so own that shit next here and this is the big one. we start we touched a little this would be the the third one of these four steps first one Right Is it kind of how do I got to show up? The second one is uh, controlling your emotions all the time so you make the right decision, so you deserve the outcome that you say you want so bad. Third one is, and well, we already touched on this, but we got to call it out, is meaning. Mm. There's got to be a real reason why You're going to put in this time, effort, energy, commitment, sacrifice to get it. And this this is needed, Matt, when the going gets tough. It's not needed when you're motivated and excited and it's all sunny out, right? This is when things get ugly. There's got to be meaning to get you to go into that burning down fire, that burning down house. There's got to be a real reason or you ain't going to do it, right? Mm -hmm. And then the, the final one here is belief. Now, I don't think we talked about this, but I got to bring this up. And I've been through this, so I, I can speak firsthand, right? If I were to ask the question, everybody could answer honestly. I said, How many of you have repeatedly made commitments to yourself and quit on yourself, didn't follow through, gave up on yourself to the degree that you don't even you don't even put value in your handshake with yourself anymore. You don't believe in you anymore. And this is the big one, because everything I said up till now, if we don't get this part sorted. Falls flat on your face. If we don't yeah. believe that we're the person to do it, we're right. We're not. Now, really quick on this, Matt, this happens as a function of every time we make a micro commitment with ourselves and we don't break it, it adds to the fact that we ain't the man, right? Those New Year's resolutions that we didn't even begin, we blow them off as nothing, but we're re cementing that. It doesn't matter because we were never the person to do it in the first place. We will never own our shit until we get this part straight and this is how we fix this and this is something you can begin today every hour on the hour make a micro commitment to yourself something that you're going to do that you want that you need you know how to do it's challenging but you know you can get it done we're not looking to move mountains here we're looking to earn back the right to believe in ourselves and this we can start the moment we get off this call. And you say, well, how often can I make a micro commitment? As soon as you get one done, make another one. And start building it up. And you want to really add power to it, start doing things that you just that aren't for you. But you know they can bring greater value to the universe. And start stepping these up because those are the ones that actually give back way beyond what we can ever imagine, right? Before long, we're like, you know what? I was wrong. I can pretty much do anything. I commit to. Now that we've earned that belief, let's not piss it away. Next time we make a commitment, make sure we are all in. Between man, I'll, I'll, I'll give you my right arm before I give up on achieving this. Don't piss away that handshake. Don't make commitments that you're just not willing to do. You know, and you've heard this before, man. You know, everybody wants to be the man, the girl. They want to be the beast. But then when the, the work has to be done, they ain't willing to do what the beast's gotta do. You know this, you've been there, but there's a time and a place, man, you gotta get bloody. It ain't pretty, you know, it's yep. part of the job. Make sure that those commitments that you make to yourself, that you're willing to do that. So that you don't give up everything that you've earned the right back to and then we circle all the way back to the beginning of deserving right Mm -hmm. this puts you in in, into the arena of deserving man this is where now everything starts going and i'll I'll kind of wrap this up with this there's a state of power and there's a state of force force map is when you work an entire day an entire week an entire month you bust your stones every day and you don't really have anything to show for it in terms of measurable growth. Like I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I spent money. I did all this stuff, but I'm just not making progress. But you look over there. You look at that person that looks like they have the best luck in the world. They, they're not even breaking a sweat. It looks like that the world is just showering down gold on them, and they're hardly even breathing. you know, like, well, what is going on here? Here's the difference, right? When we let the world pull us out of our authenticity we start being someone we're not meant to be we start putting on a facade every day to try to be who they who we think they think we should be right we find ourselves operating in a state of force when we're not being authentic to who we're meant to be when we are true and genuine to us our innate god-given unique skills and talents we can operate in a state of power where we do, all we have to do is do what we do in a state of force we have to do what we think everybody else thinks we should be doing which is so unnatural for us and it's exhausting state of force is constantly depleting a state of power you're attracting and, and that's the ship all ships rising on a, on a rising tide we all come up together where force is the net zero game man is you go up somebody else comes down it's brutal it'll beat you to the ground at the end of the day you're always asking yourself man what is it that's always hiding behind that corner? I can't see that's knocking me down. That's operating in a state of force. So I'll just add that to this little equation here as we kind of sure. ra- wrap up the, 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 the bigger concepts of you want to be financially free, right? Everybody, I believe this in, deep in my heart, everybody has a right to be financially free. And it's not that difficult, right? Mm-hmm. But the answer is not out here. The answer is right here. And this we're in 100% control of, man.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So to become financially free, we've got our four steps. Uh, What is the desired outcome? What is it really that you want from the financial freedom, right? Number one. Not the what and the how. That's what is like an address on a map. Where are you Mm -hmm. going? Put a date on it. Yep. Number one, what is the desired outcome? Number two. Who do I have to become to get there, mm-hmm. right? Number three, establish meaning to the work is how I, how I phrased it, yep. establish meaning to the work. Uh, I think the, the, uh, the burning building is a, is a great metaphor. It's extreme, but it paints a very clear and compelling picture. And the four is the belief, the belief in yourself. And I always say uh, people will, won't get started in real estate or they won't follow through in real estate because of one of two things, either one, they don't believe real estate works, but we know that's ridiculous because it's worked for more people than anything else on the planet. Yeah. Or the second thing is they don't believe that they themselves will work. And you're right. You said at the beginning or at the end there that if you don't have that belief in yourself, everything else just crumbles. Yeah. Step back and you skipped over one, which is our
1: emotional state. Don't let how we feel determine what we do. We'll lose that every time.
0: If we think we're going to always show up motivated, we are dead wrong. Right. So that was really tied into the who do I have to become, right? Perfect. You got to be showing up as disciplined and you got to be showing up that person, right? Perfect. Absolutely. Sweet, dude. Well, PatrickPrecourt.com. I'm on that website right now. Uh, if you want to go and get some more of this goodness from Patrick. There, there I did. should be a free ebook. Just a quick
1: download there. Yeah. Uh, my live big ebook was just kind of cool. If anybody just wanted a neat little read,
0: I think there's even a poster version in there somewhere. It's kind of cool. Sweet. And you go there, and then uh, if you actually want to talk to Patrick, just answer a few questions on his website, and then uh, you'll be taken to a link where you can pick a time to hop on the phone and talk to this wonderful human being. <laughs> <laughs> All awesome. right, Patrick. Anything else? What's what's coming up in the future that you're most excited about?
1: Uh, let's see what well, we, we started in on the assisted living space in real estate, man. Um, oh, that's right. You were talking yeah. about that last time. Yeah. It's pretty exciting, you know, and, and it's exciting on, uh, from the real estate perspective and it's been extremely opening from, from the getting into the industry and, and realizing how poorly we take care of our elders, man. Mm. Mind boggling, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in an industry that's, that's extremely lucrative but it's almost like we forget about our elders and I don't want to get into all the nastiness in it, but we are, uh, we're stepping in with, with the intent we're going to disrupt this. We're going to change it and create Good. an environment that others are going to thrive to step up into. We're going to, you know, dude, we're going to
0: treat your mom and dad like they deserve to be treated in the last
1: few years on earth, you know?
0: Nice. And you know, uh, we talked about this. i kind of opened up with it, just the concept of supply and demand, right? Each generation getting a little bit, bigger than the previous and so that assisted living space is not an industry or a niche that's going to go anywhere because those that population just gets older and older and older and bigger and bigger and bigger bigger in that population number so good space to be in anything really in healthcare i would think but uh definitely uh growing old we're all doing it dude i just turned 50 and i'm like oh my god i'm just like a i'm a few years of being your customer a few years away from being a customer (laughs) yeah right yeah Happy 50th. Thanks, partner. All right. Love you, bro. Very pleasure. Thank you. I'll see you again soon. Take care.
1: Peace. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Huh. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. Yeah, yeah, we got the cash flow. You didn't know homeboy. We got the cash flow.